0: You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And in this episode, we learn some Quidditch basics. See the duo become the Golden Trio, and we also watch our first thrilling and kind of almost deadly Quidditch match. We're discussing chapters ten and eleven of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone.
1: I like that you that you said the duo become the Golden Trio. That's cute.
0: (laughs) I think like fandom kind of
2: created that, that. like keyed that term.
0: Oh, really? That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into the chapters, we have officially launched our podcast, so it's out there. We did it. Yes. We did. But we just wanted to thank some people who helped kind of make the podcast.
2: So special shout out to Philip Freeman. He made our music, the intro and the outro, Um, and you can find him on Fiverr under Major Fifth. Um, And then We also want to shout out Megan and Katie from Whimsy Creative Designs. They uh, did our podcast art and our social media banners. um, And you can find them on Instagram at Whimsy Creative Designs. And a special shout out to Megan and Katie because they're actually in another Harry Potter podcast. So I highly suggest if you have read the series because they are very open about spoilers uh to look into swish and flick um they are a great podcast you can find them on spotify they dig really deep into mm-hmm. the series they're sissy and i's favorite podcast to like sit and talk, like chat about harry potter yeah
0: we are trying to catch up with them so we're on we're in order of the phoenix
1: is that what they're discussing right now
0: yeah, yeah. They're in oh, order, okay. they're almost done with order. We're we're catching up slowly, but getting there. But yes, we love we love them. Um, that's kind of how we found um, Whimsy Creative Design. Um, we knew that they were graphic designers, so like they would know what they're doing when designing the logo. And I think we all like really like what they came up with. Yeah, I think I think they did a really good job.
2: Yeah, they have the exact amount of experience in both. Obviously, they're great graphic designers. And then also, since they have the experience in
0: podcasting, we're just like, teach us your ways, please. <laughs> and they love Harry Potter, too. So, yeah. And that was another thing what I liked about Philip, who did our music. He was already a big fan of John Williams when I started talking to him about ideas and kind of giving him like music kind of clips that I kind of liked. He already knew like exactly what I wanted. So that was really cool.
1: He did a really and good job. Term. I really really like the intro and outro that he came up with.
2: Yeah. It's very magical. It is.
0: It's very very Harry Potter. I'm sure it's I very used, magical. Use magical as a a word to describe what I wanted. <laughs> did you? But he kind of he kind of knew. Uh, all you have to do is say Harry Potter and John Williams and I think Oh, okay think they get it. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I was really happy with it. So yeah, you can find him on Fiverr, just online. I mean I downloaded the app and it was really super easy to search. Like Journey said he's on Major 5th, but you can find their info in our credits there in all the episodes credits in the show descriptions. So yeah. That was just a little thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for thank just you. Yes. Helping us out. Okay. We last left off. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Neville were running back to the Gryffindor common room after coming face to face with a three-headed dog. Ooh. They're going to face a lot of stuff, huh? Yeah. Actually, I'm, I really enjoy these two chapters that we're about to talk about. Okay. So Harry and ron were pretty smug about their exciting night stroll down the forbidden corridor especially when they saw the disappointment in malfoy's face the next day harry and ron were also trying to figure out what the dang three-headed dog was guarding after telling ron about the package that hagrid took from gringotts all they could come up was that this mystery item was either really valuable or really dangerous and then Harry was like, or both. (laughs) Hermione did not care what was hidden at Hogwarts and wasn't speaking to either of them as well, which Harry and Ron found as an added bonus to the whole ordeal. Jeez. (laughs) A week later, at breakfast, a long, thin package carried by six large screech owls was dropped on Harry's bacon, and Harry opened the accompanying letter, which read, do not open the parcel at the table. It contains your new Nimbus 2000, but I don't want everyone knowing you've got a broomstick or they'll all want one. Oliver Wood will meet you tonight on the Quidditch field at 7 o'clock for your first training session, and it was signed by Professor Mick G.
1: Wow, so they're already, like, spoiling Harry at this point.
0: Exactly. I get to that in a few sentences about <laughs> Joni's. Potter privilege, as she named it. Yes. Ron and Harry are ecstatic about this new nimbus. They left the Great Hall to unwrap it, but ran into Malfoy and his goons. Malfoy knew at once Harry received a broom by the shape of his package and was hoping Professor Flitwick would tell him off. But Flitwick already knew of the special circumstances, or in Joni's words, Potter privilege, <laughs> um, happening. Cheeky Harry responded, it's really thanks to Malfoy here that I got it, which is very true. Malfoy's attempt to get the better of Harry have failed a few times already. Wait, hold on. Is Cheeky Harry, is Cheeky in the book? No. No. Oh, so I Did got you that Did you just because... use Cheeky as a word? Yes. But that's because Snape was like, remember in the last, in, in Post and Master's chapter, Snape was like- i'm taking a point or however many points he took for that cheek for harry's cheek or whatever because he talked back so the reason i bring this up is because
1: i learn a new word each week on our stream and cheeky was one
0: of them i think did i tell you guys this already so she used it in a comment on uh, one of our pages and i think it was facebook and i I did tell you guys this what is cheeky so do you know what that means did she said me? well they they described it
1: as and i even got a description on discord <laughs> she sent me a private message with like a whole thing and it's i guess it can be used like kind of as a filler word so i was just like wondering how <laughs> you used it i was like wait a minute
0: should she just use cheeky? Uh, i wish i was cool enough to use cheeky like that <laughs> but i was just using it as in <laughs> sassy yeah okay. Sassy sexy harry cheeky harry <laughs>
1: Yeah, because this specific person used it and she said, I'll give it a cheeky listen referring to our podcast. And I was like I know, that sounds You'll so give it cool. a cheeky listen. She's like, Do you not use that <laughs> word? I'm like, No. So that was like the word I learned that week. She's from she's from the UK. Uh, Anyways, continue, sorry. <laughs> I got sidetracked. No,
0: not- <laughs> Hermione is super annoyed about these boys that seemed to get away and rewarded for the rule-breaking, but the boys remind her that she's not speaking to them and goes off to class. But, I did want to mention a little bit about the Potter privilege. You know that if anyone else did this, first of all, they would have gotten in trouble. Second of all, like, I would just assume, like, they're not going to go without a seeker. So they would just, at the Quidditch tryouts, like... It would be whoever was eligible. What is it? Like, second years and up can play or something? Because yeah, first years so. can't have yeah. a broomstick? Yeah. But because Harry Potter can catch the remember all, he's going to play for the team, not wait till next year. Well, you know. Yeah.
1: But wasn't he, like, really good? Like, she had never seen
0: one like that yes. in a really yeah, long yeah. time. I mean, I guess, I mean, it was pretty impressive to catch okay
2: but here's what i want to know i want to know if they had already held the tryouts <laughs> and they just kicked <laughs> and out there the was seeker some, that they... someone in line to be seeker and they're
0: just like oh no harry potter <laughs> because <laughs> that would suck but i think dumbledore announced the tryouts Yeah, maybe they, they hadn't happened I don't know yet if he said the um the actual date i don't
2: know uh, we'll have to look because that's like in his speech mm-hmm Hold on. I'm going to look because that's going to bother me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I wonder if someone was just, like, pushed aside for Harry to come in. Yeah.
2: That would be bad. Okay. So he said, Quidditch trials will be held on the second week of term. So I don't know when the broom lessons were. Broom lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Flying lessons? Flying lessons. I think it was, like, the first week. Was it though? Because it was on a notice board. I do think
1: it might have been the first week, because it seemed like it was in the first, was in, within the first few days that they, they may have read that. I don't know.
2: It just says that there is a notice saying that flying lessons started on Thursday, so it was probably the first week, like
0: the end of the first week. Yeah. Because that previous chapter ends on Friday, so it's probably that. Like but then Saturday also
2: that means tryouts happen... Then following week, and they didn't even give
0: somebody an opportunity to try. That. they
1: didn't even know if there's anyone out there that's better than Harry, maybe there is.
0: yeah so yeah, when they did finally unwrap the Nimbus Nimbus Nimbus, Harry knew that he had an amazing broom. The Nimbus was sleek and shiny with a mahogany ha- handle. it had long, a long tail of neat, straight twigs, and written on it was nimbus 2000 in gold near the top even though he'd never grown up with any broomstick or flying he just knew like holding it and seeing it that he had a very good broomstick at seven o'clock harry went down to the quidditch pitch to meet oliver for the first training session the pitch had hundreds of raised seats so that you can easily see what was going on during a match there were three golden hoops with that were 50 feet high on each end of the field. Oliver Wood starts explaining how the game of Quidditch works and what all the balls were used for. There are seven players on each team. Three chasers, two beaters, a keeper, and a seeker. The chasers use a ball called a quaffle to try and score points by throwing it through the three hoops and it's 10 points each. So Harry like tries to describe it as like basketball, and Wood was like, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: What's basketball?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's basketball? But later, they use golf balls, so I wonder if he knows what golf is. Mm. Questions. The keeper guards the goal post, and the two beaters hit with a bat, two balls called the bludgers, toward the other team to protect their teammates. Then each team has a seeker, which for Gryffindor is now Harry. And I think I forgot to add that Oliver Wood is the keeper for Gryffindor, so he guards the goalpost. Um, Wood shows Harry a tiny, bright gold ball with little silver wings. This is the Golden Snitch, about the size of a large walnut. Harry has to look out for this ball and try and catch it to end the match and score an extra 150 points. That night, they practiced with golf balls, and Oliver was pretty impressed. Harry caught every single throw. Um, Oliver says that they should be able to win the Quidditch Cup this year. So with all his homework and practicing three times a week now, Harry has already been at Hogwarts for two months. Wow, Harry even thought that the castle felt more at home than Privet Drive ever had.
2: Oh, I mean that's not hard to beat.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have a great life there. Um,
1: going back to the, I'm sorry, but I, I
2: wanted to stop
1: you in the middle, but you were <laughs> on a roll. Um, but going back to the description of Quidditch, when I was reading this, I was like, this sounds very dangerous like <laughs> the bludgers that are what hit with bats towards the other team team members or the other team right yeah yeah like so so correct me if i'm wrong these are balls that are being batted
2: towards students
0: yeah yes. they're not only being okay. batted but they have like a mind of their own too
2: yeah that's it's like not only do you have to play a sport but you are also playing dodgeball yeah, pretty much. But Something I feel like harder than a dodgeball. Yeah, I feel like
1: dodgeball is at yeah. least like you're not also
2: flying. Yeah, like I feel like when when J.K. Rowling decided to make Quidditch, she decided to just think of every single sport kind that of, she can yeah. think of and just mash it together into one. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's true because it is like dodgeball. It is kind of like basketball. It is kind of like baseball
2: yeah and then like the the actual like action of it is very similar to soccer
0: yeah
1: Mm.
2: that too i i just thought that was
1: crazy to me because it's like
0: yeah it's one thing like if you're a professional quidditch player i mean i know usually first years don't play so not they're not all 11 but even like 12 is kind of young to be hit with a bludger Yeah. Yeah, just imagine a seventeen
2: year old just hit a twelve year old in the face with a bludger. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sorry,
1: I got sidetracked by that. But yeah, you were Yes, Harry was very happy in his new home.
0: Yeah. I would love being at Hogwarts. Being in the castle. In like all our common rooms. Yeah, it sounds so like fancy and fun. fun. Yeah. But Halloween has arrived, and everyone could smell the pumpkin baking in the corridors. In Flitwood's class, they were going to make things fly. The class was to use the incantation, yeah. Wingardium Leviosa, to make their, um, their feathers fly. And they were split up into pairs. Harry and Seamus tried to make theirs fly, but when Seamus got impatient, he ended up setting fire to theirs. And then Ron and Hermione just ended up being annoyed with each other. And Hermione snaps at Ron, saying that he is saying the spell wrong. It's leviosa. She makes her feather fly perfectly, and Flitwick gets really excited and starts clapping. <laughs> She obviously knows what she's doing, Ronald. That's what I said when I wrote these notes. After class, Ron was so annoyed with her that he complains to Harry and says, It's no wonder no one can stand her. She's a nightmare, honestly. And sadly, Hermione seemed to have overheard him. Ron uncomfortably replies, She must have noticed she's got no friends. How rude that's Ron! So mean. He is. That's messed up.
2: Although
1: Hermione was kind of annoying, I'm not going to lie, but it's not okay to say that stuff.
0: Yeah, No, and I know that, especially at that age, if I heard someone say that about me, I would easily cry. Yeah. But I just wanted to add, this is what I wrote. So by the picture that we're getting here, Hermione always seems to be around and paying attention to both Harry and Ron lately. So I don't want to say that she doesn't have friends, because she probably has made some girls, met some girls in the girls' dormitory and during class, but I don't think she's gotten close to anyone at this point, which is why you see her kind of like always eavesdropping or like around Harry and Ron. But she is a muggle-born who, because she felt that she was so behind and probably because she just naturally loves to learn, she's been striving to be the best to prove that she's worthy to be at Hogwarts. And as annoying as it is to be around sometimes, it's sad that she probably feels really lonely in the beginning of her time at Hogwarts. Oh, that's true.
2: I want Harry Potter, but in Hermione's perspective. Every single book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hermione is probably my favorite character. Is she? My number one, yeah. I can She's see that. Player, it's definitely. hard to see in the beginning.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I can see that, you know, towards the towards Again. this part of the book and forward. Yeah. I feel like she was definitely written to be someone that you were just like, yeah, can this chick just stop it already, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't know if I said this in a recording before. But I'd like to compare Hermione to Paris Geller from (laughs) Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yeah. You did mention that,
1: which is a good – it's a very good, I guess, comparison because –
0: Paris is sometimes a little more intense. Yeah. To me. Yeah. But like in
2: the the character arc kind of way, she's just so focused on what she is trying to do and accomplish – that she doesn't realize that she's being socially awkward and kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, and I think that because she, like, I feel like, I don't know, I always, I guess, wonder when you're, like, reading this, why did she pick Harry and Ron out of everyone, I wonder, like, to try and, I don't know, always, she's always around. Mm-hmm. So maybe she, it was kind of her way of trying to be their friend without actually
2: being their friend yeah maybe she
0: just didn't know how to (laughs) how to do it yeah and she was just kind of overdoing it i don't know i think she was still being herself but she was like kind of her main problem was she was just being bossy she was kind of telling them what to do and they don't really want to hear any of that right now like they don't and in her mind that may have been just her like trying to be a friend
1: who knows Mm -hmm. And I want to point out that she was always and she's always been very nice to Neville. And we know that Mm -hmm. Neville is
0: special. (laughs) Yeah, and And he's not treated very nicely by most people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I kind of – I get Hermione's way of thinking. It's like her her mind is – I'm not going to say anything until something in my mind or in her mind – uh benefits the conversation or the situation so she's very analytical to where she's like the only thing that benefits the situation is making sure that whatever you're doing is you're doing it the right way or the easiest way or the like the most by the
0: rules like clear yeah i just see her as obviously in the beginning like she doesn't want to break any rules
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: and she sees that like I said, these two boys always breaking rules and not really being reprimanded for it. Yeah. That's true. But just wait for Priscilla's section. Yes. So
1: basically at this point, uh, Hermione did not show up to the next class and she was not seen that afternoon. On on their way to the Great Hall for the Halloween feast, Harry and Ron overhear Parvati Patil that say that hermione was crying in the girls bathroom and wanted to be left alone so here we find out that hermione indeed did overhear them you would assume as the reader that that's why she's crying in the girls bathroom mm-hmm. because i'm sure hearing that like laura said at that age where all these little things really matter to you it'll make you cry so ron looked concerned at first but this was soon replaced with the amazement of the great hall decorated for halloween the hall had a thousand live bats, bats fluttered from the walls and ceiling while a thousand more sweeped over the tables in low black clouds, making the candles in the pumpkin stutter. The feast appeared suddenly on the golden plates as it had at the start of the term banquet. So basically, you can see here that Halloween is a really big deal. And they went all out at the great hall. Just as Harry was helping himself to a baked potato to hear someone just run in and his professor quarrel coming sprinting into the hall with terror on his face everyone stared at him as he reached professor professor dumbledore and says troll in the dungeons thought you ought to know and then he sank to the floor <laughs> and fainted <laughs> uh, dumbledore immediately told the prefects to lead their houses back to the dorms how could a troll get in, they wondered. Maybe Peeves let it in as a Halloween joke. That sounds like him.
2: Like, I like, feel like, like that's some- a big Halloween joke to make.
1: <laughs> like letting a troll into Hogwarts?
2: I mean, he does like small things.
0: I know, but like throw it's a cane Halloween. at someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween. You gotta go big or go home on Halloween. Let a troll in. <laughs> How would he get a troll? Can he leave the castle? I don't know. I'm guessing not. Because he's not a ghost. He's a poltergeist. Yeah. Well, maybe he knows people. Maybe. But that was not the case. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) They were making their way through the
1: crowd when Harry remembered. Hermione. She has no idea about the troll. They joined the Hufflepuffs who were going in the other direction. Well, at this point, Ron's like, oh, fine. I'll join you. You're (laughs) right. We should go get her. Come Um, on,
2: Ron. You're the reason she's in danger. (laughs) Exactly.
1: He's like, fine, let's go help this chick out. So they joined the Hufflepuffs who were going the other direction to head towards where Hermione was. They just turned the corner when they heard footsteps behind them. Ron assumed it was Percy roaming the halls, I guess, like, making sure everything was good. But who it really was was Snape. What's he doing? He's being super suspicious at this point. Why isn't he down in the dungeon with the rest of the teachers? And that's when they heard a low grunting sound and what sounded like a gigantic feet Something huge was moving towards them.
0: Oh, dang. We re- refer to is it the three-headed here. dog? Did he get loose? <laughs>
1: Honestly, that's, I'm surprised you say that because that's what I thought at first. Because they said low grunting, so I thought the dog was like sniffing them. I thought that's what I was going to read next. Mm. It was a horrible sight. A 12-foot tall, skin was dull, granite gray, its gray lumpy body with a boulder, like a boulder with its small bald head perched on top like a coconut. It had short legs, thick as tree trunks with flat, horny feet. The smell coming from it was incredible. It was holding a huge wooden club, which dragged along the floor because its arms were so long. So that's a description of the troll. Sounds beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, In the illustrated version, I really enjoyed the troll illustration. Oh, like I need to see that. Page. Yeah, it's a two-page thing. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and post it when we upload this episode.
1: Yeah. So the troll steps towards a doorway and he kind of like creeps and looks inside. So Harry and Ron find this to be like a good opportunity to lock the troll in there into this room he's like looking in. So Harry somehow... He has the guts and manages to grab the key, slam the door, and lock it shut. As they like breathe a sigh of relief and start walking away, they hear a loud scream, like a shriek come from the door where they just locked the troll in, and they both say, Hermione. They oh literally just gosh. locked the troll in with Hermione in the girls' bathroom. I think it was yeah, more like the girls' we bathroom. <laughs> that's right. Like, why did we come over here in the first place? <laughs> oh yeah, the room that we were just in or that we just locked him in. That's to me I was like, "Oh my god, of course." So, they ran back and pulled the door open and they saw Hermione up against the wall looking like she was about to faint, which I can't I can't even imagine no harry and ron began to make noises to try and confuse the troll ron said things like oi pea brain (laughs) and he got the troll's attention which gave harry time to run around it harry yelled at hermione to run okay so harry did something that was both very brave and very stupid he took a great running jump and managed to fasten his arms around the troll's neck from behind the troll couldn't feel Harry hanging there, but even a troll would notice if you stick a long bit of wood up its nose. <sighs> and Harry's wand had still been in his hand when he jumped; it had gone straight up one of the troll's nostrils. Yeah.
2: Ouch. Oh, well, I like this moment because it describes Gryffindor really well. Why do Both you say very that? Very brave and very thoughtless like and very put- stupid is what they say. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Do you yeah, think I would like, do that? Like i You're brave and no, stupid? No. I don't do know. Do I think bu- Well, okay. No. Do actually, I think actually yes. before I think?
2: <laughs> do you remember when you looked outside the window in the Tampa house and you see two strangers in your car and you oh, decide yeah. to walk over to them in your car?
0: Yeah. I oh, just, I, yeah. think I remember that. Yes, because I called Ricardo and you right after it happened. And you guys came over. Yeah,
2: because then you realized how dangerous that was after the fact. Yeah. It's like you got I, a rush of it, like, okay.
1: let me
0: go like save the day. Yeah. Well, or let me go confront them. It was honestly like one of those out of body experiences. Like my mm-hmm. body just kept walking toward this guy sitting in my car trying to like steal it. Was that your red car? Yeah, yeah. It was the red Pontiac, and oh, I loved that car. And I, I, I say, I don't even know what I said. I said something, and the guy was like, "Oh, I was looking for my something, some, some." And I'm like, "In my car," and then he like him and the kid just walk away. I should have, like, dialed 911, but no, I was just, like, in disbelief that I caught someone trying to steal my car.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I my gosh. I watched all that from the window. I mean,
2: it wasn't really bravery. Like, if, oh if wait, I would ran so up and then... Oh, wait, you were there, too, Joni? I was in the house. We were both in the house. Yeah, like, my she, whole family the was window. home. Yeah, we we looked out the window and saw two people in her car, and we we're just like, what is happening? And she just walks outside. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well,
1: that was both brave and silly. A little thoughtless.
2: Yeah. Thoughtless. he could have
0: very very dangerous, you know, like Yeah. But maybe I guess it's kind of like jumping on top of a troll's neck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for one of you or David or my family or my dogs, I mean I might jump on on a troll for you guys. Yeah.
2: I mean, in the Brandon House. Because when we first moved in there, there were always like these real. there would occasionally get these like really big spiders, and I remember, remember one time, one was in my room, and I freaked out. I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "I don't react that crazy to bugs," because Florida. But for some reason, that <laughs> spider scared the crap out of me. And you just like walked in, and you're just like, "Hold on, hold on," and you killed it.
0: Oh, that's very
2: nice of me. You'll do it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's very nice of me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was Harry's brave moment. And basically at this point, the troll was just like flinging back and forth while Harry was on his neck (laughs) because there's freaking wand was stuck up his nostril. And Hermione at this point is just like frozen. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to say. And in this moment, Ron pulls out his own wand and he can't think of anything at like he can't think of any spells (laughs) and what does he think of the very spell that him and Hermione got into a little uh little uh yes tiffed over and I don't want to butcher it but I probably would will Wingardium Leviosa that is the spell that came out and at this point The club flew suddenly out of the troll's hand, rose high, high up in the air, turned slowly over and dropped right back on the troll's head. So basically, he knocked himself out with his own club. He landed flat on his face and Harry got to his feet, shaking everything off. He was out of breath and they all kind of looked at each other and Hermione was the first to speak and she was like, is it dead? Harry says, no, I think he's just knocked out. But at this point, they realized they probably were making a ton of noise. Mm -hmm. And, of course, moments later, Professor McGonagall came bursting through those doors, closely followed by Snape and Quirrell. Harry had never seen Professor McGonagall look so angry. What on earth were you guys thinking, she asked. And all of a sudden, guess who speaks up? hermione and this is the moment where she kind of i don't want to say turns over a new leaf but maybe towards the boys because i feel like in this moment she was like oh my god these people just basically saved my life so i should probably stick up for them so that's pretty much what she did and she basically tells professor mcgonagall like please don't be upset with them. They were only trying to come and protect me. They saved my life. I thought because I knew so much about trolls and I had studied them so much that I could defeat it on my own. That's basically the story that she sold Professor McGonagall. And Ron and Harry were just completely in awe. Ron was just like, what's going on? Is this Hermione (laughs) that's speaking, basically? And... Professor McGonagall was just basically like, how dare you, Hermione Granger. And she ends up losing five points for House Gryffindor. And she ends up sending, or Professor McGonagall ends up sending Hermione back to Gryffindor Tower. Professor McGonagall actually ends up giving Ron and Harry five points each for helping Hermione for Gryffindor House, which comes out, they talk about this, Ron and Harry as they're walking back. 10 points wasn't enough or a week we should have gotten more than 10 points and harry's like well it's really only five because we lost five (laughs) from from hermione losing five so they reached the common room and there was hermione alone by the door
0: this was a very special moment i know i love this i love this
1: hermione's all alone by the door waiting for them and there was a very embarrassed pause none of them looked at each other but they all said thanks and hurried off to get plates But from that moment on, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other and knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. So that's when they become the golden trio. Yes. So sweet.
2: I have just, I don't know, not a discrepancy, I guess. Hermione
0: didn't need to lie that much. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's a good point. But because I think they would have had the same reaction. But I think she did it because maybe she knew that she's been giving these boys a hard time. Like,
2: but she could have just said, "I was in the bathroom." (laughs) They knew I was in the bathroom, so they needed—they wanted to warn me. That's true. I guess like that would she wouldn't have lost five points for being in the bathroom. True.
1: This is true. I But I feel like think about like the adrenaline ru- adrenaline rush of being in a room with a mountain troll and then like feeling like you almost died. You kind of like are coming down from it. And imagine being in that moment and Professor McGonagall is like reprimanding them all. And she's like, wait, wait, no. Like the last yeah. thing she thinks about is like, what's the easiest thing that'll get me out of this? She's just going to make up this like elaborate thing that comes to her head. Maybe. Yeah. But yes, yeah. <laughs> she could have easily been like, I was in the bathroom. <laughs>
0: they knew <laughs> i didn't never thought of that. It's a good point i think like because she lied and they were just like oh my god she's actually lying to a professor yeah and she's like taking the total blame out of it from us i think that helped kind of like hey she, she's not as bad as we think
1: yeah yeah it's true i think that's definitely like what pushed it over for them probably
2: they could have gotten more points though.
1: Yeah, that does seem. I know ten. I do agree with Ron. Ten points. They, they should have gotten more than ten points for saving a life and killing or whatever they Knocking did. to The mountain out the troll. troll defeating it. Yeah. Yeah. At least fifty. At least. But anyway. I'm not professor. <laughs> Quidditch season.
2: Quidditch. Yeah. So Quidditch season has officially begun. Yee! Yeah, exciting. Gryffindor, Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. Not many people have see- got to see Harry play because Oliver wanted to keep him a secret. Mm-hmm. secret but weapon. in Hogwarts fashion, everybody knew. Uh, the news gotten out somehow, and Harry got some mixed responses from his classmates. Um, Some people were actually really supportive, but other people were not so supportive, but kind of (laughs) supportive by saying, hey, I'll be out there with a mattress. So when you fall, you won't fall that hard. Oh, my gosh.
0: Rude. I mean. But thanks. Thanks for the mattress thought. Yeah. Appreciate that.
2: I I don't want you to get too hurt, but I don't have. Faith in you. A lot of hope for you. I mean, he literally just learned how to fly. Apparently he's a natural. Okay. So Harry was pretty grateful to have Hermione as a friend now because she actually helped him with his piles of homework, especially due to the fact that he's having extra uh, Quidditch practices throughout the week to prepare for the games that are coming up. And the boys were even helping Hermione out a little bit with loosening up with some minor Ooh,
1: rule breaking for Hermione. Mm.
2: Yeah, they're like leveling each other out. Yeah. And I think this is like kind of is showing
1: how she, I don't want to say changed, but and I don't want to say did a complete 180 because she's still herself. But she kind of softened up a little bit to where she was like using, she was the same way. She still wanted them to like be on top of their studies. But at the same time, they were like actually friends and tolerating each other if that makes sense so
2: yeah so one cold afternoon the trio decided to spend their time in the courtyard and they were keeping warm with a little jam jar with a little blue flame that hermione kind of conjured these little blue flames and jars kind of become a little signature of hers So Harry was reading Quidditch Through the Ages, one of the books that Hermione actually lent him. And she actually used that book before their flying lessons to have try and get a good grasp on on flying. So she gave it to, to Harry to prepare for the upcoming game that was happening. But then they noticed snape he was limping over to them and basically snape was just looking for a reason to reprimand them on this random day so he just kind of approaches them and they kind of hide the jar between their backs so that they don't get in trouble for that and snape decides that he's just gonna go ahead and confiscate harry's book stating that you can't have a library book outside of the school and he also deducted five points from Gryffindor, Gosh. which is just so ridiculous. Like, he went out of his way to just be yeah. mean to
0: them. Yeah, that was uncalled for. I mean, it's a book and you're on Hogwarts campus. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just like, they. they where they am really I really going to go? Nothing. <laughs> um, so then later that night, Harry was just salty about what's about Snape taking his book, like, Why did he take it? So he decided that he was just gonna go ahead and ask for it back. He marched his way to the staff room, knocked on the door, and nobody answered. So he decided he's just gonna peek in, see if Snape left his book in there, and just grab it if it is there. So when he opens the door, he's actually met with Snape and Filch. And they're in there alone, and Snape is showing Filch his leg which is mangled and bloody. Wonder why. And he overhears Snape saying to Filch, how are you supposed to keep an eye on all three heads? And Harry tries to just like shut the door quietly and get away without them noticing. But all he hears is Snape yelling, Potter!
1: (laughs) Phil does a really good Snape impersonation. Phil Harry Potter. Potter. (laughs) something like that fill the yeah i'll have to hear it yeah Yeah, you will have to i'll make him do it for you one day
2: Uh, and then in like this moment harry just like attempts to just like ask for his book back um but he's quickly drowned out by snape continuing to yell at him get out get out (laughs) like Harry read the room
1: I know (laughs) like read the room dude like why
0: can I can I have my book like even though you're sitting here with your leg like a bloody oh my gosh I don't understand why this idea in the first place he thought this was gonna be successful (laughs) yeah like Snape would be like oh you're right I'm gonna give you your book back (laughs) I mean, okay, he no. did say, like, maybe in front of other teachers. He just had to go to McGonagall.
2: Be like, hey,
0: Snape took my book. Can I have it? <laughs> yeah. If like, oh, It's yeah. a library
2: book. I need to return it. Number
0: one, all he has to do is tell McGonagall it's for the Quidditch match, and she'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> or he could just go to Pence and be, because the librarian and just be like, hey, uh, Snape confiscated my book. I can't turn it into you. Yeah. And then I'm sure Librarian be like, uh-uh, I want my book. Anyway, so Harry then proceeds to retreat back to the common room, and immediately he tells Ron and Hermione everything that he witnessed, and he basically deducted that clearly Snape was trying to get past the three-headed dog on Halloween, and he was the one who let the troll in. Mm, 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 mm. Hermione... Needed some convincing. She had doubts because he's a teacher, and no teacher is bad in her mind. And Ron, of course, immediately sided with Harry. And then the next day was the first Quidditch match, Harry's first Quidditch match ever, and he was so nervous. Um, it was against Slytherin, so there's that. There's like that t- that rivalry yeah. that's going on, and then also it's his first match, so there's a lot of pressure on him. And he's just so nervous. He can't, like, stomach any food. But by 11 o'clock, all of his fellow classmates are in the stands and him and his teammates are in the dressing rooms. And, well, Oliver Wood gives a very <laughs> intense speech that ended with a, we will win. And a glare that very much threatened an or else. Yeah. Yeah. And then the teams gathered on the pitch. Madame Hooch was the referee and told the teams to play a fair game. Which was not foreshadowing that that's not going to happen. Yeah. The teams mounted their brooms and they were off. Harry spent most of the game circling around the pitch, looking for glimmers of gold, while also just kind of spectating the game. He listened to Lee Jordan, which he he's kind of known as Fred and George's friend. We listen to him. He commentates the game itself. And then he also witnesses Slytherin pull some dirty moves because, of course, they don't play fair. You know, let's just add to the Slytherin stereotype. Yeah. They're bad. And so it definitely was not a fair game. But Gryffindor got a good amount of points. And I didn't really do the points because I don't know. Anyway, so Harry finally found the snitch, and when he did, he sped for it. But the Slytherin Seeker also saw it too, so they basically raced raced each other towards the snitch. But then, wham! Slytherin's captain, Marcus Flint, blocked Harry, and he was spinning off course. Gryffindor raged. They screamed foul. Hooch agreed and gave Gryffindor a free shot. But in all of this commotion, the snitch had disappeared once again. So the st- seekers had to go ahead and hunt it again. Suddenly, though, Harry's broom just gives a lurch, and Harry thought it was he was going to like fall off. But thankfully, he didn't. But the broom just kept on doing it, and it basically to the point where the broom was completely out of his control, z- zigzagging. <laughs> violently moving and all like and trying to buck harry off of the broom so like poor harry is just trying to stay on his dang broom hoping maybe those people that were promising a mattress were there (laughs) because it's not looking good and i okay so i find this next part kind of interesting because they kind they go out of harry's perspective yeah and i feel like this is the only time that this really happens i don't know if this happens again besides like a couple moments
1: it's when uh ron and hermione are talking is that you're referring to yeah yeah
2: because then it kind of goes it kind of switches off to like hagrid and all of them looking so like suddenly oh let me find it um Yeah, so in the stands, Hagrid was suspicious, basically stating that only dark magic could really interfere with the broomstick's magic and cause Harry to lose control like that. So Hermione grabs Hagrid's binoculars and immediately finds Snape staring at Harry from the stands, muttering nonstop under his breath. And she says, he's jinxing the broom. She says that to Ron. And Hermione then takes it upon herself to make her way over to Snape in the stands, knocking Professor Quirrell in the process of getting behind Snape so that she can crouch down and conjure one of those little infamous blue flames onto Snape's robe. And by the time Snape Snape realizes that he's on fire, Hermione's already on her way to her, back to her seat, but his concentration is broken and then you see that Harry has suddenly gained control of his broom again. And then he immediately shoots down towards the ground. And once he lands, he kind of puts his, he clamps his hands to his mouth and everyone thinks he's going to be sick, but instead he coughs up the snitch. Oh my gosh. Did he catch it in his mouth, I guess? Yeah. Ouch. Like this whole part was just like a whirlwind. But anyway, he ends the game in utter confusion. (laughs) And Gryffindor won! Yay, Gryffindor! You beat the enemies. You did it. (laughs) Uh, The trio ends the game celebrating at Hagrid's hut. And while they're there, Hermione and Ron fill Harry in on what happened, as well as explaining their entire theory to Hagrid in regards to Stape. So, basically, the all of the interactions with Snape at the Quidditch game basically kind of pushed Hermione into believing the theory, theory mm-hmm. that Snape was, was a bad guy and trying to get what was in the school. Get past the three-headed dog. And when they mention the three-headed dog, Hagrid is shocked and he's just like, how do you know about Fluffy? Fluffy. <laughs>
1: it's the perfect name. It has yeah. a name.
2: i probably should have just read this part i was having trouble trying to summarize this part anyway he explains that fluffy is the three-headed dog and that it was his that he he gave it to dumbledore to guard the and then he cuts himself off because her he notices that he's saying too much and harry's like the yes (laughs) and he, he harry basically you know is trying to push for more information but Hagrid didn't budge and Hagrid continues to defend Snape stating that he wouldn't try to steal whatever Fluffy was guarding. The trio continued to push back saying that just basically explaining their entire theory but Hagrid basically warns the trio to stop meddling in business that wasn't theirs. And that whatever Fluffy was guarding was solely between Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. Ooh. <laughs> That's just I what was going be called. I was ready to be like, you mean Flamel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to call him Nicholas Flamel. <laughs> yeah. And Harry immediately just goes, aha, more information. <laughs> so Nicholas Flamel was involved. And Hagrid at the end of this is just furious with himself because he just said Too much. Too much. Too much. Poor dude.
1: Oh, Hagrid. It's okay, buddy.
2: You'll continue to do it, I'm sure. Who
1: is this mysterious Nicholas Flamel?
0: That was a lot. That was. I love Halloween, like that chapter.
1: Yeah, I think that my favorite part about Hogwarts would be the way that they celebrate the start of the term halloween and then when Hmm. they do christmas like all of that it's just like so beautiful yeah i would love to be a part
0: of that even i think i would even like the end of the term stuff because like that's when you announce yeah house wins and the quidditch cup and there's a big feast too and also it's like the end of the year so you're excited unless you're here you have to go back to uh privet drive Mm -hmm. yeah it always makes it very bittersweet yeah so my questions were kind of just more focused on how, if you could remember, how you were feeling. Um, so we're, we're seeing the story, you know, taking place, like we're getting into the thick of things. And Snape is looking pretty sus now. Like, it's looking yeah, like... He's definitely
1: the imposter.
0: <laughs> definitely the imposter. Do you remember, is this where you made up your mind that it's Snape that's trying to take whatever is being protected?
1: Yeah, I think that J.K. did a really good job from the beginning placing Snape in moments with Harry that made you already see him as like the nemesis of the book or of the story. Mm -hmm. Because the moment that Harry sees Snape for the first time and his scar starts burning and he talks to him in the class and snape is so mean to him and it's kind of like what is his deal yeah like he obviously he seems like a bad person so that's when it's all like being built up and then in this moment when they see snape not be with the other professors while the troll was like out they just see snape randomly walking i think that's when i was like oh my gosh i thought they were going to follow snape and i thought that they were going to see him do something you know as a first-time reader not knowing yeah Uh, but in that moment yes i was like okay snape is doing something weird and he's probably gonna go try to do whatever he can at that moment to steal whatever it is that is being guarded so yeah in that moment i probably did i do remember like making my mind up but i think it was mostly made up very early on because of how it was all set up
0: yeah and he's also like in the beginning even after harry scarburns he's also described as like you know the way he's described and the way he is naturally he's like greasy haired he's moody yeah and, um, he doesn't have a very warm aura so like yeah exactly he's head of Slytherin house oh yeah that head too of house. <laughs> and they also try and build up this like what is it not grudge but he is trying to be the defense against dark arts teacher for many years and he keeps getting passed over so then you're like yeah. does this have anything to do with like why yeah like
1: why is he so interested in the dark yeah. arts yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly
0: so well, there's like little call. tidbits
1: in there mm-hmm. at the beginning that kind yeah. of make you like mm, that's kind of a little red flag there about yeah. him
2: yeah yeah But I liked your call on you thought that Harry and Ron would follow Snape because honestly, I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought they would, knowing as like these two are just like always getting into things.
2: I don't think I ever thought
0: about that. No, I don't think I did either. So I like that.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot.
1: They just left him. They let him do what he was going to do.
0: You could have had your answers right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I guess for the sake of the story, they did not follow Snape to discover he was actually doing something.
0: Oh yeah. So if they would have, they wouldn't have locked freaking Hermione in the tr- in the bathroom. That too. Yeah. <laughs> God, they're so dumb. I
1: can't believe they did that. I wonder if they ever. well, Obviously, it's a book, but I, could you imagine them telling Hermione that they <laughs> were the reason why she was locked in the bathroom with a troll? Like, I'm sure they. Oh, never yeah. By told the her. way. <laughs> Um, we kind of locked you in there with him,
0: (laughs) but we saved your life. So you're good. Oh my gosh. Okay. You can ask your question, Joni.
2: Oh, so my question, we kind of started talking about this a little bit, but what are your overall thoughts on Quidditch? Because I feel like it's a bit of a mess.
1: Yeah, we did talk about it a little bit. For me, I still think that it's, I'm surprised that it's a sport that is allowed. But then again, when you think about the sports that you currently play, like in high school, I don't think football is very safe. I don't think I would. I I tell Phil all the time, like I don't want our kids to play football because it's dangerous and yeah. can get into a lot of injuries playing football. But yeah, I don't think Quidditch is a very safe game. Or I want to call it a game, but it's I want it, it's a sport. That's the word I should be using. I like the point system is pointless. Oh my gosh, that too. You literally can only get, what, 10 points per shot. And then the one thing that can make, help you, it's basically makes or breaks the game. So, you know, this is actually a good point because I remember watching the movie with Phil and my husband and we were talking about it. And I was like, do you know that if you catch that, the snitch, that's what it is, is—stitch, Snitch. Snitch, yeah. At the very beginning the game is over so you could literally literally be playing for like five ten minutes and you catch the snitch and the game is over because it wins about what 140 points 150 150.
0: points 150 that's insane so the game's over to me that would make more sense if everything so the only way to score is the hoops right and then catching the snitch so if the hoops were worth more then I could understand why 150 would help. You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, because with 150 points, you basically make the other players obsolete. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: that's true.
1: So it's kind of like it's all on the seeker. The seeker Which really is why is you-, you need such
0: a good one. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think overall, besides the bludger part, like it'd be a fun game to play. Still,
1: yeah. Besides the bludger part, yeah. If I didn't have people batting balls towards my way, (laughs) if that was taken out of the game, the the sport completely. It's it's a game. It's a sport. Yeah, it's the same same game. You can
2: say that. People call like a football game. A football game. game.
1: Yeah. If that was completely eliminated, then I probably feel like I would have fun. But at the same time, I'm. I still feel like I would be scared to fly fly on a broomstick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I guess in that world, when you're like a wizard and a witch, you kind of just uh, have it in your blood.
2: Yeah.
0: Or get used you're to not it. You get really scared. Yeah.
2: I know somebody who played Quidditch.
0: Yeah. USF had a intramural, I believe, Quidditch team. And I really wanted to, but I'm me, so I'm not going to go out and try out if I don't know anyone. <laughs> oh, so I didn't. You should have done it. I know. You did a lot of sports in high school. Yeah, but, like, a lot of the times, if you think about whatever I did, it was because I had one you at people? least one person that I knew. Mm. Okay. So, my other question was, well, I was just stating that now we are over halfway through the book, which is exciting. We're getting into good stuff, but I just wanted to see, like, Priscilla, when reading was there like was this like an exciting part of the book you know sometimes when you get to a part of any book you like don't want to put it down because like so much is happening you want to know what's coming next was this around the part or do you feel like it happened later in the book yeah i think that once
1: uh hagrid mentions nicholas flamel Mm -hmm. that's kind of the part where actually that's the end of this chapter what is this chapter six wait
0: we're on episode six episode six sorry 10 and eleven. chapter 10
1: (laughs) we're on it we're recording episode six okay (laughs) so this was wait 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 hold on
0: the end of a end of 11 was we're haggard yeah this is about
1: this is between
0: dumbledore and nicholas flamel
1: yeah so i think that that is left that way because it i think after this a lot of the chapters are very much like i don't want to say they're like well i guess they're like mini cliffhangers like it, well, you keep you kind of want to keep mm. reading yeah. the next chapter because at this point ron hermione and harry are like the trio and they're all involved in this theory of snape they're all on board Because first Hermione needed convincing. Now she's convinced. And now as the reader, you're kind of like, okay, cool. Like we're all convinced. I'm also convinced as the reader. Snape is the (laughs) bad guy. Let's go. So you're kind of like ready to see how this all unfolds.
0: Yeah, we all have a goal. Yeah. True. All of us, even as – like I was as a reader, most of the time where the author leads me, I will go. I feel like nowadays, like – Plus, also, I'm married to David who, like, in the middle of a movie, he'll be like, that's not the bad guy. This is the, Phil does the guy that too. want you to think, <laughs> but it's not going That's gonna... <laughs> me. So now I think that way. But, you know, when I first read it, I'm positive I thought that Snape was the bad guy, too. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I'm on the second book now. I, I am taking my time, but I did compare to the first book I can't the first book like I could I don't want to say like I don't like the second book because I don't want to like say anything bad about the second book because I haven't given it enough like I'm on like chapter eight at this point but mm-hmm. this first book I couldn't put down at one point you know like and also it's like the first book that opens up that magical world for me mm-hmm. so that could possibly be it as well but I think this one did a really good job of kind of uh capturing that like oh my gosh what's going on like is this actually what you know what are they gonna do next or you know yeah that's cool
0: chamber is good too but i'm glad you're slowing down i think you know we talked about it off the podcast that we're gonna try and catch up to priscilla yeah
2: yeah we just want like uh like almost like a little bit more of an authentic reaction to what we're reading yeah, I want Priscilla, Priscilla to come on an
0: episode and be like, "Why the heck is this happening?" <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> just like full of emotion from just reading something. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I want like I want to be able to hear her theories when they aren't answered. Yeah, yeah. That's true.
1: Oh. Okay, I see what you guys <laughs> what you guys are doing. I still think back to the, to the day I literally can remember the day that it was one of you that asked me about the book. And oh, I think Laura, you asked me and you said, so what do you really know about the books? Like what? Yeah, yeah. And then I, I answered and said, you know, and at that point I was just in the forest. So we hadn't discovered what actually was, you know, the truth. And I remember seeing Joni's face and then I didn't think anything of it, but Joni's face was like, okay yeah this is exciting
0: <laughs> she's like I didn't look at Jonathan
1: because it was like yeah you're totally wrong <laughs> so yeah I can see that I can see that she's as like, being... just wait <laughs> yeah I think she's I think her words were like oh this is good this is good we have uh, a fresh <laughs> like perspective or something like that
0: yeah it's
2: exciting to see because I didn't get that much of an opportunity to to kind of theorize too mm-hmm. much with the books personally because, I, a, I read them out of order. I already watched all the movies, at least up to five, so I knew I knew the basic storyline, yeah. reading one through five. And then I only really got to kind of theorize during six and seven. And the one thing I really wish I experienced with Harry Potter was there was a really long wait between the mm-hmm. fourth and the fifth book And that's actually when a lot of people, like, had very intense theories of what was going to happen in the next book while waiting for that book to happen. Yeah. Like, how long
1: of a wait was it?
2: It was like a few years. Yeah. Something like that. Like it was. It was a really long wait, and I just remember a lot of people they talk about how they had all these theories and how like they would go online and have like be in forums talking about what they think is gonna happen and people made their own fan fiction on what they think was gonna happen and I feel like I missed that part because I always knew like by the time you get to the fifth book... You kind of know what direction things are starting to go at least. Yeah. So I just want I want to live
0: vicariously through you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it was three years. Three between years. Four and, five. and what was the yeah. normal
1: like? What was between one and two, and two and three? Usually. So
0: I think the first book was ninety seven. I know the fourth book was two thousand. So I I don't think because it took a little while for them to actually like, yeah. gain
2: speed and popularity too. So I'm sure. That was also a reason got too. the
0: first. When you
2: started reading, they said. There was already the uh, two and three son. out. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes so sense. So it was probably Lynn that I- she
1: released one, two, three pretty close. And then they probably weren't like really like out and like popular. And then they got popular and she was probably like, oh, crap. I should probably write a fourth one. I
0: don't know. I think most of the storyline was probably already written. Like the basic storyline Hmm. Um, yeah, was probably written in the very beginning.
2: Yeah, I think she planned it for seven books, mm-hmm. but I think oh, it was okay. just more of like she didn't get Filling the nitty gritty. Yeah. was yeah, she wasn't writing everything
0: out. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. So like you're in your first read through, and we're kind of helping you with like a second read through. But <laughs> when you get through more books. You go back to book one, you're like, oh, my God, here this is right in front of me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I always say I, I learned something new every time I read the books. Yeah. And that's kind of why I never reread books when I was younger. I read a lot, but I would never go back and read another book because I was just like, there's so many other books out there. Like, why would I read something I already read? And Harry Potter was probably the first one that I actually started rereading, and I ended up enjoying it because, like, when I was waiting for Order of the Phoenix, I decided to reread one of the books, and I was like, "Oh my god, she talks about this like in this book years before," and I'm like, "That's what fascinated me," and I'm like, "Oh my god, I rereading it's it was all just connected." Like a whole new, yeah, a whole new experience. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll just pick, do we have a most valuable wizard of this section? Ooh. Um,
2: Hermione. Hermione, Hermione,
0: Hermione. <laughs> Why Hermione?
2: I mean, she teaches Ron the right way to say the spell that in oh, the end true. helps them. True. With the troll. Also, she's the one with the little flames that helps Harry like gain control of his his broom. Yeah. And she lies for them. Yeah. She's the one that kind of issued the or triggered the friendship to start to happen because if she didn't lie for them, I don't know if they would have
0: appreciated her as much.
2: Yeah. I don't think they they would have taken the moment to be like thank you. I guess we're friends now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think Hermione was a pretty big, you know, I guess she made the biggest impact on the beginning of their friendship and how that all started. So I I agree with that. And if I were to really think about it, I would also say Ron,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because for one, he made he did the spell, but it, that was in the moment where like, Hermione like froze, yeah, and so he cast the spell that ultimately had the um the troll fall flat on his face. So yeah, Ron had some good moments as well. Yeah. Harry harry didn't do much i feel like i mean he did stick his wand up the nostril but like for one he locked the door and locked hermione in there and then like he goes and i don't know to me harry wasn't very much an mvp here
0: yeah
2: well without harry ron wouldn't have tried to save that's Hermione. that's true
1: that's true harry was kind of the one that pushed yeah. ron ron's like fine let's go
0: but out of the at, three yeah, of them, I
1: do agree with Hermione,
0: yeah, after hearing Joni, I agree with Hermione at first thought I was gonna give it to Ron because he was the one that knocked out the troll, yeah, but like Hermione definitely made the biggest impact in the in those two chapters, yeah, and she's the one yeah. that freaking like, saved Harry,
2: yeah. If she didn't nitpick him for the way that he said the spell, he wouldn't. <laughs> That's have true. Been able to do That's the spell true. Right. levy also like he he will remember Leviosa. that spell Leviosa. forever because it annoyed him so yeah. much.
0: Yeah, and you know he had to actually use it in a stressful situation. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely goes to Hermione MVP. Mm-hmm. Wait, MBW. MBW. <laughs> uh, most magical moment. Oh, definitely when they uh. At the end, 100% for me. I feel like those moments where it's not like filled with magic for me, in my opinion, like when he, excuse me, when they kind of all looked at each other or didn't look at each other and Mm -hmm. said thanks. And then that was kind of their way of then becoming friends, the trio. Yeah, it's it's not
0: the typical magic, but it's still like in life, that's like a, a magical moment.
2: Yeah and it's the most relatable kind of medical. I think that's why I that like them. Have.
1: I like those kind of moments. moments. Mhm. Cuz we can actually have those moments. Yeah. Exactly. Like the like how I mentioned last or a couple episodes ago with the moment that like my god, tells Harry that your father was also a Quidditch player, and also did this, yeah. and it was kind of those are moments that can happen to us because if you lose someone and then you finally find something that you have in common with them that you didn't know them forever, you can relate to that even though you don't go through it because it's like a human feeling. But yeah, like magical moments are also really magical. Don't get me wrong. Like all the magic involved, like <laughs> yeah. the feast. Yeah. I'm sure that was beautiful, and like the food appearing on you know that's always really cool. I
0: think yeah. Let's see. Another one, Hermione, you know, like Joni said, like her expertise to learn how to make those flames and actually bring it to a moment that Harry really needed oh, her to yeah. do it. Yeah. To light it on Snape's robes. Yeah. Because not I don't think an average 11-year-old, or is she 12 now, knows how to do that
2: birthday's a 19 oh yeah she is 12 because he said two months uh i agree with priscilla but i think another moment i feel like okay so i feel like they execute this a little better in the movie than in the book because when i read it it just like
0: happened really fast in the book
2: but like the first time he catches the snitch even though he nearly swallows it
0: yeah it is really quick in the book yeah yeah
2: i feel like that's a really important moment for Harry it's like a relieving moment mm-hmm. not only because he doesn't think he's gonna die <laughs> but also be- yeah because like he did it yeah he, he won the game Aww. for his team yeah
1: that's exciting yes. that is pretty magical he cut his first snitch in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah I really like how he did that in the movie you're right that
2: could definitely be a choking hazard yeah <laughs> yes
1: I don't think it's intended to be caught in your mouth but yeah
2: Sorry, my head goes, that's a choking hazard (laughs) to many things. (laughs) I have to cut everything up in quarters. (laughs) Mom
1: brain. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. We want to thank you all for listening once again. Be sure to find us on our socials. We would love to connect with you all there. Mm -hmm. Our Facebook and Instagram is at unveilingthemagic. And if you would like to also follow us on Twitter, we do have a Twitter page. It's at Unveiling Magic. So find us on our socials, send us a follow, send us a comment. Let us know that you've listened and we hope to hear from you.
0: Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you. We appreciate you guys.
1: Yes. Thank you for listening and until next time.
0: Mischief Manage. Bye. 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 Sure. Game.
1: Oh. That. <laughs> sorry, that was Siri. Did you hear her? <laughs> <I know>. Oh. <laughs> She heard- scared the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard something. It sounded like a person. Yeah. She's like, sorry, I didn't get that. Oh, my God. She has a British accent. My way. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, colleges
2: like have, there's like an actual Quidditch league.
1: Did you know what I was going to say? Yeah. That's why you're laughing? Okay. Because
0: yes, I was going to say I was say like, that. let me not say that. I saw Towards your concentration in your face to not say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>